Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with Kurt Smeaton, and he's an Emmy Award winning producer. He is uh, tremendous, uh, and he created one of the funniest shows to me, that has come out in a long, long time, and that's Shit's Creek. And I'm not cursing their censors. Uh, please, uh, you know, look at the spelling, but Shit's Creek is classic. Something new here. It's another uh, monster. It promises to be another monster. Uh, children ruin everything, and it is uh, on the Roku channel. It is a must, must watch. And, you know, again, launching on May 13th, Kurt Smeaton here with me. Kurt, how are you? I'm doing well, Frank. Thanks for having me. I just want to clarify, I did not create Shit's Creek. I wrote on it. Uh, that was created by uh, by Dan Levy. But I, I, I'm super excited uh, to have been on that show and, and for everyone to see uh, Children Ruin Everything uh, that's premiering this, this Friday. Well, I tell you, coming off of Shit's Creek, you got to be excited. And uh, everyone's talking about this. And it's, uh, you know, kind of a nice launch pad for it. Uh, I think people, from what I hear, people who like Schitt's Creek are going to enjoy this as well. I think so too. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's a it's a it's a family comedy uh, about uh, parenting and raising kids, and I think uh, I think it has a broad appeal. It's it's hilarious, and it was uh, so much fun to do. When you come across something like this, you know this is your creation now, right? Let's clarify, right? Is this your creation? Yes. Children ruin everything. When, yeah, I created this show. When you come across that, I mean, is it like a child where you're going to, you're going to feel every arrow, you know, slung at you? Of course, look, even the biggest hit shows in the world have their detractors. Do you look at Children Ruin Everything as an offspring? And do you think you're going to be sensitive to people who don't get it? Because you know that a lot of people are going to get it, but a lot of people aren't going to get it. And there's haters. And is this different because it's your creation? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I, I definitely, you know, there's been enough support and uh, enough people enjoying the show that uh, I can just focus on that. I mean, I think if nobody liked it, it would probably uh, be difficult. But it seems to be doing well, and I know it's going to find its audience. Uh, but, yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I like to pretend that I don't uh, read every single Twitter comment and every single <laughs> shred of information that's written about the show. I absolutely do. Uh, but I've, uh, you know, I've developed a very thick skin over the years, and uh, I, because the show has a lot of support and a lot of people loving it, uh, I can I can handle some uh, criticism too. How long in the making? What was the first time you thought, hey, this would be a great idea for a show? And how how long did it take to develop to get to you know to a point where you shopped it? Yeah, great question. Well, I I, um, I had read this study about how people with children are less happy than people without kids. And um, it was kind of rough to read because I just had a kid. So uh, it was a bit alarming. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, you know, this study was talking about, how, you know, less time, less money, less sleep, all this sort of stuff. It's frustrating. 
And I agreed, but I also, you know, knew there was this other side, these beautiful moments, these funny, rewarding moments. And I thought it'd be a great idea to do a show that focused specifically on raising young kids and to show both sides, show the frustrating parts, show the messiness, um, and, but also show the beautiful, hilarious parts too. And, and that's where the show came from. And it took a while to develop mostly because I was busy on other projects, but I first pitched this show in, in 2016 up in Canada and it went into development and, uh, you know, it wasn't until, um, it started airing last year, the first season in Canada. So it, it took some time, but, um, but here we are. I always have to watch because my four kids are listening, possibly listening, and I got to say that my wife and I are thrilled that we have these four wonderful kids, and I think we're happier than anybody out there and all of that. But, again, it is so much more complicated with children. Were you worried about, and you don't have to worry about your little one because that's someone who won't be understanding what's going on for a little while, right? But uh, were you worried when you create a show like this that friends of yours or people are going to say, wait a second, is he talking about me there? Is he kind of uh, giving me a little shot there? Do you have any of that going on? No, I, you know, I, listen, I think like certainly when the show got a green light, I had to uh, have a little family meeting and say, Hey, daddy made a show. It's called children and everything. Obviously I don't feel that way. That's just a funny title <laughs> to sort of, you know, brace my kids for this, uh, this show to come out. But, uh, yeah, you know, we absolutely, the writing room is filled with parents and we are using our own personal experiences, but, um, I, I don't think we're, we're, uh, you know, saying anything that I think a lot of people are agreeing and, and feeling that this is very accurate and, uh, an honest show. So I, I, I'm, I, we're not trying to take shots at anyone. We're not trying to uh, blame any parents or, or uh, yeah. shame anyone for feeling, you know, for, for the way they parent. We're just trying to tell a funny story about these, uh, this, this family. People get it. If people get offended by a sitcom, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> yeah. Just change the channel. And, uh, move yeah. So, right on. so listen, children ruin everything. Give us a little bit of a teaser without ruining, of course, but what could we be looking forward to in the next couple of weeks? Right. Well, you know, it, it centers on these uh, this uh, couple, uh, Astrid and James, who have two kids, and uh, they're finding it challenging and difficult. You know, they're, they're working, they got kids, and Astrid um, is struck by the urge to maybe despite all the challenges, have another kid. And so the first season sort of deals with, uh, you know, they're balancing their lives. They're just trying to figure out uh, if they can start affording and be able to have the time to go out for meals and uh, dinners and dates again. And now they're going to throw another kid into the mix. So that's sort of the first, you know, season is, is, is about that idea. Uh, listen, Kurt Smeaton, uh, congratulations on all your success, not just Children Ruin Everything. Uh, but if you can, give us uh, any, well, anything else that you want to touch on before we let you go. But also make sure you give us uh, your socials and any websites that we should be following you on and the show on. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you can, you can uh, Children Ruin Everything's on um, definitely on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Smeaton Potatoes on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> uh, and the show comes out, it's on the Roku channel this Friday the 13th, which is, you know, obviously a, a wow. scary date, yeah. but uh, raising kids can be a bit of a horror show, so that seems appropriate <laughs> to me. 
so yeah, I, I, I'm really excited for uh, for U.S. audiences to see this. Uh, listen, congratulations once again. I think we will love it. Uh, is, and people who haven't seen it yet, including myself, will love it as much as uh, people up in Canada and everyone getting the feel for it. Kurt Smeaton, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Frank. I really appreciate it. Children ruin everything, everyone. It's just a name. It's just a title. And just don't take it seriously, especially my kids. You've got to tune in. It's a must watch. This is a very talented guy. One of the most talented guys in the business. And he's coming off a tremendous success from Schitt's Creek, Kurt Smeaton has been our very special guest. And again, uh, it's getting rave reviews, and it's gotten rave reviews, and it is a must-watch Friday the 13th, May 13th. Uh, check it out on the Roku channel, which is terrific. If you, if you don't have Roku, shame on you. Everyone get it. It's it's dynamite. But Kurt Smeaton has been our very special guest. Children Ruin Everything is his creation and his baby. Everyone's got to check it out. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on breaking it down in many ways long island is the story of america it's breaking it down with frank mckay long island is definitely the place for you now here's your host frank mckay on 1071 wlirfm hampton bays i'd like to welcome everyone to breaking it down frank mckay here with someone who's absolutely great at what he does, and he do, well, actually does a lot of things great. Uh, John Taffer is our very special guest, and you know him from uh, Bar Rescue and, uh, and his books and everything. He's a best-selling author, businessman, entrepreneur, show host, of course. But his latest, his latest is The Power of Conflict. And, you know, look, a lot of people will turn around and say we avoid conflict at all costs. And he's basically saying, no, oh, look at it a different way. But let me introduce everyone once again to John Taffer. John, how are you? Ah, uh, good. Good to be back, Frank. Doing well, buddy. Well, listen, congratulations on, on everything, but congratulations on the new book. Give us a little overview, if you don't mind. You know, I was shooting about the 100th episode of Bar Rescue. I'm up to 230 now, believe it or not. And, wow. And wow. I got really I got really angry at somebody, and I went back to the hotel room that night, and I realized I wasn't really angry. That was deliberate. I was using conflict as a tool to create a good result. And then I went crazy doing research, and I realized that people who hold things in, according to neuroscientists, they're a morphins doll. There's a bad physiological effect. And then I looked at our society and how people don't know how to engage in conflict today. I mean, you know this, buddy, the cursing and, and, and the disrespect online and people take each other's dignity. Frank, you can be the greatest father, greatest friend, greatest husband in the world. You say one bad thing wrong, you're the biggest bum in the world. Yeah. I mean, we don't know how to argue anymore. So I wanted to write a book that would be meaningful, that would teach people that great conflict has dignity. It's respectful. It's constructive, not destructive. It helps people in a positive way. So we tell a lot of stories in the book, even about Roy and Walt Disney, who had legendary arguments, right? War had the money. Walt had the ideas. Walt once went away for a weekend. They were low on money, and Roy sold his car without telling him. <laughs> but, you know, without, and you, you look at, at those kind of stories. What if one of them chose not to engage in conflict? That company might not exist today. So it's for those brothers who don't get along, those sisters, the family members, the boss and the employees. It's designed to teach anyone 
that conflict isn't bad if you do it right. And if you have a good purpose and you treat people with respect, conflict almost always is good when you do it right. You know, when you, you, know, Frank, you and I might disagree with something. Right. So we sit down together. I listen to you. You listen to me. I put my hand on my chin when I'm listening to you. So you really believe that I'm interested. I say words like really end and end. And you tell me more and more. And the more I'm interested, the more you tell me, the more I learn. And I talk with you before you know it. You and I are really engaged and we're talking about things at the end of that conversation. We still might disagree with each other. But I understand you more, buddy. I understand why you are the way you are. I like you more. It allows us to, to move forward with the disagreement. So let's say we're brothers. Next Thanksgiving dinner is great again because we're not holding all this stuff back. We've taken conflict and we've used it as a positive tool. Yeah, I mean, sports uh, stars and, and championship Athletes have figured this out a long time ago. Those great Yankee teams from the 70s, you know, Reggie Jackson and Greg Nettles fighting. And uh, oh, yeah. when they got on the field, though, it was great. Uh, the Mets, you know, I'm talking New York centric here, but the Mets in the 86, they were fighting with each other and everything. And Billy Martin, you know, and uh, Yankee manager. I was just going to say that. Look at Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson or that kind of history in the Yankees. I mean, Billy used to think that conflict created a spark. And that spark created an energy and caused people to be better than they normally are. Great coaches do that. Yeah. You know, by using conflict, they, they almost make you a little better than you would have been without it, Frank, you know? Yeah, Lombardi. Lombardi did that to people all the time. Yeah. He would, he would uh, prod them until they'd hate them, and then uh, they'd get out there and they'd fight it out. So listen, this is a great concept. How much different was the start of the book or the genesis of the book to, to where you got at the end? How much different uh, of a book is it than what you originally anticipated? It got a lot deeper when I realized, you know, the physiological effects of, of submissiveness. And then when I started to pick it apart by how do you engage with that aggressive person? How do you engage with that very sensitive person who will shy away from you? How do you engage with different types of people in meaningful ways? The book grew a lot. But, you know, over the past two, two and a half years since I've been writing the book, I think the need for it has grown too, Frank. I mean, we need to learn how to, how to, how to, disagree better as a society, how to engage with each other. And you know, it's a completely non-political book, but I say this, neither political side is nuts and crazy. I mean, half of our country isn't crazy, no matter which half you pick, Frank. So <laughs> it's important that we understand each other and that we're constructive to each other and that we're not hateful to each other. If I treat you with dignity, Frank, you'll sit down at the table with me every time. The minute I stop treating you with dignity, you'd be crazy to sit at the table with me, right? No, no doubt about it. And you brought up a good point you know, on the political front. Nobody wakes up in the morning, not not the left, not the right, not the center. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, how could we screw the country today? Everyone, you know, they have their own beliefs. They have their own feelings on how it is. But nobody None of them are going at it saying, let's screw the people. Let's screw the, the voters. They may end up screwing the voters, right? And they may end up screwing the taxpayers, but they don't start out doing that. But the conflict that's there, I mean, sometimes, look, not to get into politics. Politics is the art of compromise, or it should be. But the compromise comes after battles and should come after battles. I mean, Lincoln had nothing but conflict in his presidency. He was the least popular president in the history of the country while he was there. After 
afterwards, uh, you know, when you look back, yep. he was the greatest president we've ever had, and no one will ever come close. But at the time, nobody knew it. That's right. That's why, you know, in our political world, when one side doesn't treat the other with dignity, they don't come to the table. There's no bridge to compromise anymore than when that happens, Frank. The bridge to compromise is dignity. When we treat each other with dignity, man, we'll sit down at the table. We can talk about things. At the end of the meeting, I'm not going to go to the press and make you look like a jerk. You know, we need to treat people with dignity. When politicians treat each other with dignity, that's when the great compromises in our history happen. You know, whether it's a civil rights movement, all of this started with dignity on both sides that turned to some of the greatest legislative history we've ever had. So uh, I believe conflict is a positive thing if we do it right. And it's not something that any of us should be scared of. We all just need to be better at it. Let me remind people, if you're just turning on your radio a little late or tuning in a little late, uh, Frank McKay here, much more importantly, John Taffer, New York Times bestselling author and industry-leading hospitality expert. And he's the star and executive producer of Paramount Network, Bar Rescue. He's the best in the business. He's absolutely great. His latest as late as is the power of conflict. It is a must get. Get it. Get one for yourself. Get one for somebody who absolutely is afraid of conflict and to point out why they should be looking at it in a much different way. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, John Taffer is our very special guest. Uh, John, from all those episodes, I don't know what you said, 246 episodes of Bar Rescue, you must uh, come across a lot of issues where their partnership problems and and maybe they don't know how to fight with each other and and maybe that's where the bar is going wrong the business is going down the tubes because these guys don't know how to compromise they don't know how to deal with conflict how much of that did you draw from in writing this book a lot of it it's funny that you say that frank and i can picture uh, father and sons partners where when i talk to one partner uh, aside from the other you know, he says, well, I wanted to do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. Did you speak up? No. You know, I have, I feel this, I feel that way. Did you speak up? No. And then you go to the other side of the, uh, you ask, ask the partner, you know, does, does the other guy bring anything to the table? No, no, no. He doesn't. Because you don't let him. <laughs> you don't listen to him when he does. So you tell him he's an idiot when he brings you an idea. He's not going to bring the next idea. So you bet. And as a result of this process, Frank, they learn about each other. They start to openly communicate. They start to share ideas together. And everything changes. Conflict brings everything to the top. It all bubbles to the top, Frank. And once it bubbles to the top, reasonable people can deal with it in reasonable ways. And you got to pardon my ignorance on this, but when you're analyzing conflict here in the book, which I haven't read yet, but I'm getting, and I, I will be, when you looked into it and really analyzed it, did you break it into any kind of categories of what kind of conflict uh, people should be looking for or, or not avoiding? Is there a conflict? I'm sure there's conflicts that we should be avoiding, but did you lay out any list? Did you lay out, did you list it in any way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have toolkits and a process in the book, for example. You know, somebody you don't know on social media, why the heck would you engage with that? I mean, that serves no purpose Insane. whatsoever. Right, so, a, a, a Crazy. We say, first of all, is it somebody who you want to engage with because there's a reason? Is it a fa 
family member, a business partner, somebody who's going to affect your life? Uh, is it important to you? Next, what kind of personality is that person? Is it worth having a conflict with them based upon who they are? What is it that you want to have conflict about? Is that worth it? So we have a whole value process that we take them through. And then once we understand, yes, I want to do this. Yes, the person is worth it. Yes, they're this type of person. We want to take them through a process that builds confidence uh, in that conflict. So we take them through that entire process. And again, Frank, it isn't necessarily to change minds. It's to put everything on the table so, so we can love each other again, you know? <laughs> hundred uh, percent. The Power of Conflict is the name of the book. Uh, it is a must get everyone. John Taffer is the author, best selling author, again, industry leading hospitality expert. I've owned three clubs and I've mentioned that to you before in the past. And, uh, and yep. I, I thought I was good with things. This guy is the expert of all experts. I wish we had him. I wish he was on TV when we were around during the 80s and 90s when I was a kid in the early 20s. Some of the things that he has done, that John Taffer has done with bars that look like an absolute disaster, it can not happen. He's turned them around and turned them into businesses that, that you couldn't believe at this point. Again, Frank McKay here, much more importantly, a couple more minutes with John Taffer, the author of The Power of Conflict. Get this book, everyone. John, the pandemic has, uh, well, I don't know that I can say it's come and gone yet, but hopefully we see light at the end of the tunnel and, and things are getting better. Uh, do you see recovery happening? You talk about conflict. This is uh, people and businesses against uh, a, an epidemic, a pandemic and, and everything else. That's true conflict. Do you see things uh, getting better? Do we look like the businesses and some of them will never come back? And we know that. Uh, does it look like the folks that did survive, does it look like they're seeing better times now in the bar business? Yeah, you know, uh, revenues uh, until a few months ago uh, in a restaurant industry were up 20 to 25% from pre-pandemic levels. So we had revenues like crazy, but we didn't have the employees to take care of people. You know, now the inflationary impact is, is really, really powerful. Uh, uh, upon us. So we're struggling to get the right products. We're struggling to get people. We're struggling to keep people, right? Which puts a real burden on training. So it's been a very difficult time. And, you know, people's patterns have changed. You know, businesses that used to be 5% to go are going to be 30% to go now. People have gotten used to to go food, having a nice dinner at home, you know, ordering even a fine steakhouse dinner at home to be delivered. People have never done that pre pandemic. So there are opportunities to come out of this, but there's also businesses that clearly are not going to survive, lifestyles that are going to change. Uh, uh, and then when we look at the inflationary impact of what's going on right now, you know, uh, uh, bars are completely leisure. Uh, bowling, movie theaters, all location-based entertainment is what we call the leisure sector. You got to have extra money and extra time to engage in a leisure sector. Restaurants are required because people have to eat, but you don't have to go to a restaurant. So, so I think we're in a very challenging time, Frank, and I think the next year uh, uh, we're going to see as many challenges as we've seen in the past two. And one last point, if I would, you know, going through the two years of the pandemic has made people feel minimalized. I'm told what to do, where to do it, what to wear, what not to wear. You know, we've all had these restrictions and there's always been some big brother telling us what we can do and what we can't. That has a minimalizing effect on our personality. It almost takes our dignity away 
is the way it sort of extends uh, in its reaction to us. So people's tempers are hotter. That's why you see people freaking out on airplanes and people losing their cool. When people are minimalized, they don't like it. And COVID, the effect on all of us and the government actions and, and all of this has had a minimalization effect upon us. So that's one of the reasons why I think the book was so well-timed, Frank, is people need to calm down, treat each other with respect, and when we do, we can get somewhere. The minute we stop and it gets emotional, we don't get anywhere. Nothing is ever accomplished when it's emotional. John, I know someone's waiting to talk to you and other people are waiting to talk to you. Can you give us uh, social medias real quick and websites where we can follow along with what you're doing? Sure. I'm easy to find. John Taffer, J-O-N-T-A-F-F-E-R on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, uh, on TikTok, and the website is johntapper.com. Thank you, buddy. John, congratulations on everything. Thanks for being here. The Power of Conflict is the name of his latest, and he's he's terrific. John Taffer, we've had him on many times, and he is a New York Times best-selling author. He's an industry-leading hospitality expert, and of course, the star and executive producer of Paramount's uh, Bar Rescue. And he just uh, just announced his new book, Power of Conflict, and he's terrific. You know, he's an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, and he does uh, great work. And he knows how to make money. He knows how to make other people come back and make money. And his show's all based on people doing poorly and then coming back, coming back and 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 uh, fighting fighting back to make a living out of it, out of a tough business. I owned three clubs in my life. Uh, uh, my friend Bill Bogart, still one of my best friends in the world, and, and we owned bars and rock clubs together, two restaurants. Started with no money whatsoever, and we just kind of opened them up. But, you know, there was nothing like bar rescue on where you can kind of look at something for, for ideas or whatever. We just got to do it on our own and, uh, you know, survive and figure it out and how it went along. Frank McKay signing off. John Taffer has been our very special guest from Bar Rescue fame, and his latest is The Power of Conflict. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here with a terrific actor, and you've seen him in so many different things. Deniz Akdeniz is our very special guest, and we're talking about season two of the award-winning series, The Flight Attendant, which is absolutely terrific. It's airing weekly every Thursday through June on HBO Max. Just absolutely terrific. Deniz, how are you? Good, mate. This is the sort of pep talk I need every morning. I love it. Thank you so much. It's so kind of you. Well, listen, uh, well-deserved, and you've gotten accolades for Once Upon a Time and so many other uh, shows and movies, and I'll tell you what, you've got to look back. You've got to be very happy how these last several years have gone. Um, I, have you had a moment yet, maybe during the pandemic, to kind of take a good, hard look and, and see what you've done, or are you just kind of moving forward and not thinking about what you've done? But I have to believe you have to be pretty happy. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very fortunate and very grateful for everything that's got me to where I am today. And um, we were actually filming the first season of the show during the pandemic, and then we shut down for a bit. We were one of the first ones to come back, so it's been kind of non-stop throughout. Uh, but uh, the other day, I think I was talking to. Um, uh, my uh, friend of mine going through the uh, roles that I've done, I've like, oh, I've played gargoyle, I've been Aladdin, I've been, uh, you know, killed by aliens, and <laughs> the, the, the like the role, the roles that I've, it's, it's, it's ludicrous, and I'm very fortunate to be where I am now. Yeah, but diverse roles and a lot of range there. And when you know when you say that, it, people chuckle. But in reality, uh, you've done a lot of uh, work. You've showed your skill in a lot of different types of roles. Uh, is there anything that you're you're hoping to do? And again, we'll get back to the flight attendant in, in a moment here. But is there anything that you hope to do yet that you haven't done yet? Well, yeah, I've been very fortunate that people haven't really put me in a box, which has uh, been a big plus throughout the career. I, I've never been like, oh, he's this guy or he's that guy. And everyone's sort of given me a chance to show some range and some variability and uh, play some roles that would some somehow, you know, seem a stretch for me. But, you know, once you get out there on set and you're doing it, it just all kind of fell into place. And um, so I've been really fortunate with that. And uh, coming up in the future, I'd love to, you know, the, there's already uh, some things coming through that, uh, again, Max in this show and the flight attendant is quite lovable and sweet and very innocent. And there's some roles uh, coming through that I get to play some very uh, on the darker side of things, uh, characters that really push the edges of what's into the gray area of what's okay and what's not, and uh, things like that. Uh, you know, they're, they're really they. They're, I'm drawn to any kind of story, any sort uh, types of roles, and the fact that people keep coming to me with things that can sort of push me to the limits and test what I can do is something that I'm really grateful for. Has the flight attendant uh, taking any turns that you wouldn't have expected you personally? And again, don't spoil anything coming up, and I know you wouldn't. From what you thought the flight attendant would be like when you started and stopped during the pandemic and where you are now, uh, how much different from uh, expectation to reality was the role, and not only your role, but everything that's going on with the show? You know, we're really fortunate. We have Steve and Natalie. It's a great team that um, put together this second season. I mean, we're we're off away from the books. Everything now is of our own pure creation. And um, even from the beginning, the way they set it up with our characters sort of being thrown into the new chapter of their relationship was a great launching pad. And then as the season's gone on, it's been nice to see this paradigm shift between like we uh, between uh, Max, my character, and Annie. His, um, his fiance's sort of fiance, not fiance. They're in a weird situation, but uh, to see that paradigm shift in their relationship, and that's the beautiful thing about this second season. We really had the time to delve into these characters and go deeper into them, and um, really take time and see what happens when these relationships are put to the test. And so it was really fun to. And it was, that was surprising to me that they were willing to spend that time and really. Uh, delve into these characters as opposed to just sort of glossing over and going over to the bigger picture of the, the mystery and the mayhem that makes the show so fun. But now we have this time to really get in and, uh, and discover what, what makes these characters tick and what, what happens when they're really put to the edge. 
You know, I'm not an actor, but I appreciate good acting. And I also appreciate, I bring this up about several shows that we've talked about, but the casting people deserve some credit here. They've put together a, a wonderful group of folks that you wouldn't necessarily pick off the street to put together, but uh, the chemistry is very good. So uh, kudos to, you know, whoever's handling the casting. Tell people who know nothing about the flight attending about some of the folks that you're working with, because it, it is an impressive crew. So yeah, you're right. We're very lucky. I'm 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 amongst a lot of uh, powerhouses and female powerhouses at that. We've got Kaylee Cuoco, who's playing the lead, and who's Cassie, who's the one that drives the mystery and is always in the thick of the danger. And then um, uh, across from me is playing Annie, is Zasha Mamet, who's just phenomenal. And you, you mentioned chemistry. I mean, we were yeah. we it was one of those situations where we we'd never met before the first season, never spoken to each other until we got onto set and. There's just a just a rhythm and just a sort of a flow that we just sort of developed in a banter that we sort of just figured out very quickly within the first day that just sort of sunk into place and we were very fortunate and that's carried us throughout the season and we've only developed that over time and then of course we've got uh, Rosie Perez uh, in there as well and you know, these are just to name a few these and Griffin Matthews uh, like we we're very fortunate in the cast and I'm very fortunate to be amongst these um, you know powerhouses it's it's kind of surreal when you look back at it well it goes two ways they're fortunate to have you too you're terrific everything i've ever seen you in uh you just shining before we let you go uh anything else that you want to chat about we'll talk as we let you go more about the flight attendant and we'll let everyone well remind everyone where they should uh see it but anything else that's going on in your life your career now how fluid is it you know with with everything going on in the world or how in cement is it and, you know, give us all that. And before you go, make sure you, you please give us your socials and your websites to follow along with what you're doing. Yeah, right. Um, so I don't know how much I can talk about it, but we, I did. Just, I literally I was just in New York and I just got back to L.A. I was uh, doing a film there and then I, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's um yeah, I'm not sure how, I can, how much I can go into it, but it's going to be a really fun one with some, again, another female powerhouse that I'm very fortunate to be a part of. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, we're looking forward to the rest of the season coming out. And there's a few opportunities coming out at the end of the year that we're, we're on waiting for and working towards. Again, unfortunately, not able to go into it as much as I'd like. But um, I'm very excited, and I think there's more to come. And hopefully people keep enjoying the flight attendant, and we can uh, come back for some more and do that. And um, unfortunately, I don't have any socials. I'm not on the, uh, the, uh, the social media platforms yet. Um, uh, exclude myself as much as possible. <laughs> well, listen, congratulations. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, terrific. You've put together an incredible career. Sky's the limit for you. Thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it, Frank. Thanks for the time. You take care. Denez Akdenez has been our very special guest and uh, just yeah, a terrific uh, talent. And he's a big part of the flight attendant. And it's currently airing weekly every Thursday through June on HBO Max. Denise Octanese. And I, and I know a lot of people call him Dennis. And, um, but he, he said it's Denise and beforehand. And might as well call him what it is, right? Eventually, everyone will know it and, and start calling him that. But uh, it really has put uh, together a great career. Uh, over in Australia, he was a major box office attraction. One of them was Tomorrow When the War Began. And he, you know, he has uh, memorable recurring guest performances on Fox, uh, The Cleaning Lady and The United States of Al. 
and uh, also Once Upon a Time. He played Aladdin in Once Upon a Time. And, you know, the latest, or what we're talking about here, is the, the flight attendant. You know, it's always hard. What can they talk about? I mean, I've been in that situation a million times, too. You know, if something comes up and you're dying to say it and you just can't talk about it. Uh, but Kaylee Coco is, you know, star of this show, The Flight Attendant, uh, and, and along with Denise and Rosie Perez is in there. And, uh, again, great, absolutely uh, great uh, chemistry amongst these folks. And a big show. I expect for it to be a bigger show. And, you know, again, uh, the Fox series, The Cleaning Lady, was a big deal for him. And he got a tremendous amount of attention. We had a lot of the, his cast members on here. And uh, we've spoken uh, to them. And they always speak, you know, off the record and you know, on the record uh, highly of uh, Denise. You know, he's, uh, listen, terrific. His role in I, uh, Frankenstein uh, was highly touted as well. And uh, the, the Water Divine was another one directed by Russell Crowe. Um, uh, the High Note, something else. Sightless. Yeah, he's got a big, big list of credits and, and a lot of accolades coming uh, from all over. Anyway, our very special guest has been Denise Ak Denise. And, you know, again, wonderful actor. Check out The Flight Attendant, currently airing weekly on Thursdays through June on HBO Max. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, a very talented lady, super talent. Actually, uh, E.G. Daly is our very special guest, and it's a must, an absolute must. A new Go-Go's tribute album, and, and of course, the 30-year anniversary of Rugrats. And I can't believe that's 30 years. Uh, but think about it. Rugrats yeah. it, it, it becomes such a, a part of our culture. And E.G., how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, we got the beat. And uh, it, listen, sounds terrific. Uh, give us a little rundown. When did this start? And, you know, uh, you know, this guy that I know, Travis, had called one day and said, hey, would you like to be on this Go-Go tribute album? Um, um, and I was kind of like, that sounds amazing. So it was like people like Josie Cotton that was in the Valley Girl soundtrack and a bunch of other culty, really hip artists. And I was like, you know, he was like, what song would you want to do? And I was pretty sure that We Got the Beat was taken, but I was like, I kind of want to do We Got the Beat. And luckily it wasn't taken yet. And I was able to uh, record that song. So I recut it with my buddy Lee Miles. We reproduced the track and then it got put on this um, amazing CD that's, um, if you got to go, 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 go now, go, go CD that's out. Um, and they're also going to be printing up um, any day now, the prints are going to come up of the actual disc. So it's a pretty fun thing. And then there's a video out there that I have up on um, my YouTube page. But so we shot a video for it, which is just really fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the Go-Go's love it. They've been posting. Yeah, Go-Go's have shared about it and posted it. So I feel really honored that they are happy with it and sharing about it. Yeah, that was my next question. You know, what is their reaction to all that? They've got to be thrilled. I mean, boy, 30-year anniversary yeah. of Rugrats and uh, Go-Go's and, and you and, and different people. Who else is on this uh, on this album? Do you know any of the other artists? Um, it's, gosh, it's, um, um, hold on one second. I'll, I'll yeah, don't worry, you. don't worry. I'll, it, I'll look for it in the meantime. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, there's, there's a whole bunch of people. Like I said, Josie Cotton, I'm a huge fan of. She was in the Valley Girl movie. But it's like really interesting artists, too. There's like a lot of, um, I'm trying to find you the, the, the rundown. Go, 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 go now. Um, let me think who else. Um, Hey, let me ask you that while you're looking. How many people come up to you Uh and have seen you on Friends? Because that's one of the most memorable uh, moments, I think, of the show. How many people have walked up and said, I saw you on that? Because there's all these new kids (laughs) watching it now. You know, my daughter is big into Friends now, and she's 19 years old. I mean, uh, do you get people all the time walking up to you uh, about that episode? I mean, yeah, pretty much. The Smelly Cat episode was pretty classic. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I do. And sometimes I'll be at a con and people will be like, did the Smelly Cat song? So, I'll, you know, or if I'm on a live show, I'll pull up the guitar and do Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat, what are they feeding you? Pretty classic. And um, and this is a classic show to get to be on anyway. It's such an awesome, you know, time period for me. You know, one of the things I, I always uh, speak to actors and actresses that specialize or do a lot of voice work is somehow you keep your privacy, or I assume that somehow you keep your privacy. If people heard you talk in the store, they'd be all around, or if they heard a certain voice, they'd be all around. But is, is that true with you? Have you been able to, and, and people know you from, you know, other acting jobs, and, and they know your face as well, but have you been able to keep kind of a normal life? Can you shop when you want to shop? Can you go to the movies? Or are you constantly being, you know, walked up to and people saying, I mean, because the amount of work that you've done the career that you've had is just unbelievable. And the millions of people. Uh, Yeah. But the millions of people that, and by the way, I asked Nancy Cartwright uh, the same question. Uh, Uh, Does does it kind of give you the best of both worlds, right? You get the work and you get the, you get the pay and you get all of the great accomplishments and all that. But at the same time, uh, you could do it kind of uh, anonymously. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, I've definitely had one of those careers where I do both. I do the on-camera, and then I do, yeah, I've been able to do the on-camera, and then I do the um, the animation as well. I mean, there there is there are a lot of perks to sometimes doing a ton of animation, and you do get, you do get some, you do get to be, you know, you get to, like, let's say when you're pregnant and you have your kids, you get to go to work and nobody in the, in the, on the world knows because you're doing a voice. You know, you could be like, eight months pregnant and you could be doing a cartoon or um but there there is something about that freedom and again though for myself I definitely um do both so people do recognize me but I think um um I don't think I'm overwhelmed by it and I kind of appreciate that yeah I was gonna say if Rugrats which again is 30 year anniversary is amazing if Rugrats was live action 
I, I mean, you wouldn't be able to walk anywhere without, uh, you know, because the kids, it just keeps turning over, right? So the thing is that, you know, my kids yeah. love Rugrats, and, and I'm sure their kids are going to love Rugrats. And it's just one of those shows, one of these iconic shows. If that was live action, forget it. I don't think you could leave your house. Yeah, it's pretty monumental. Although, you know, I have to say, like, as for even though it was an older movie, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, yeah. I get a lot of people who are like big Dottie fans, you know, big Dottie fans. And when I do like the live cons, like I'm doing, uh, I think it's Altoona, PA, coming up, and I do a con. But when you go do the cons, it's like you kind of get the gamut of people that are hardcore, like on the on camera stuff that I do like the Rob Zombie movies or PVZ Adventure or Valley Girls that I did with Nick Cage. Um, it's like everything is sort of blending together now, like where, you know, the fans are pulling it all together. Like, Oh my God, she's the same person who did this on camera. And she's the same person who did this voice or Buttercup's voice or Tony Pico's voice or has all the music, you know, everything's sort of weird, weirdly coming together now. But, um, it doesn't seem to be too overwhelming to me. I don't mind it. I like it. I think it's part of the territory, you know. Just amazing when you think of your your career, when you look at your IMDb, when you look at at the list of credits on screen and behind the screen or behind the mic. Oh, what an amazing career you've had! I mean, you really got to be proud of what you've done. Not only is it a large body of work, but it's a, the quality of work is just absolutely tremendous. Uh, congratulations on everything. Certainly, congratulations on on thirty uh, years of work. Can you give us a Thanks website, so much, honey. Uh, uh, a social media site? Absolutely. Website? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first, I want to tell everybody go to Spotify. I have awesome Spotify. Subscribe on there. I have amazing, like the new songs up there, but a bunch of other new stuff and a bunch of the original OG stuff that I've been doing for decades is up there. All my old CDs, and then I'm on TikTok. I have a lot of fun on TikTok, so. If you want to go up there, it'll, it'll all come together for you. My TikTok is at real EG daily and it's real EG daily for Instagram and Facebook. It's EG daily, Twitter, real EG daily. And, you know, try to say hi to people. So if you want to try to message me, um, I do try to connect with people up there and you'll sort of connect the dots on all my pages because I post a little of the on camera stuff. I post a lot of the cartoons. I post tiny people from the grass and buttercups and the Powerpuff girls. And right now, now the go-go's tribute record so um it's called if you gotta go 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 if you gotta go 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 now and um, i look forward to you guys hearing that it's gonna be fun and also like the romantics are on it i meant to tell you that eg thank you very very much for being here congratulations on everything thank you and congrats on your new opportunities thank you very yeah. much eg daily everyone you're welcome E.G. Daly, the wonderful, Thanks, talented, uh, has been our very special guest. Check out uh, the Go-Go's tribute album. What did she say? It's called uh, If You Gotta Go, 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 Go Now. Uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. We Got the Beat is the song that she got. I can't believe she got that. I mean, that's such a huge that's such a huge song. I figured everybody would be lined up to do that. But you know her from Friends. You know her from Pee Wee's um, Big Adventure. She was the voice. Um, Babe, Baby Mumbles in the Academy Award winning Happy Feet. Tommy Pickles in the long running Emmy Award winning uh, Nickelodeon Rugrats TV series. 
just absolutely tremendous. Uh, if you don't know the Friends episode I'm talking about, it was uh, the one where where Phoebe, like the the blonde lady who can't sing and has these crazy songs, her uh, songwriting partner, uh, former songwriting partner, uh, came and singing partner came, and of course she was great, and it was E.G. Daly. Um, and it was funny. It was it was just memorable. But you see how talented she is, just by the broad range of of subjects that she's covered, either behind the mic or in front of the camera. Frank McKay here signing off. E. G. Daly has been our very special guest. Check out the uh, the Go Go's tribute album, and uh, and also a thirty year anniversary of Rugrats. And, you know, who better to talk to than E.G. Daly? Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 